0: Was in another lifetime One of toil and blood When blackness was a virtue The road was full of mud I came in from the wilderness A creature void of form Come in, she said, I'll give you Shelter from the storm And if I pass this way again You can rest assured I'll always do my best for her, on that I give well, my hello, word. this
1: is Michael Volkoff, <clears throat> and this is episode 169 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the Justice Department's antitrust case against Google. Well, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, another week, and the pandemic uh, is obviously getting much more serious. And I uh, hope everybody's staying safe and healthy, and... Uh, you know, has plans for a healthy uh, holiday season as well. So uh, before we get started today, I'm talking about the antitrust case filed against Google. Um, I wanted to welcome again our new sponsor, Blue Umbrella, and let's hear a word from them before we get started.
2: How are you managing your third-party compliance program? Is your technology vastly assisting you or getting in your way? Blue Umbrella in concert with some of the largest, most sophisticated compliance programs in the world, has devised a user-friendly, customizable platform that automates tasks and seamlessly integrates with adjacent enterprise systems. Blue Umbrella has employed advanced technology, along with a healthy dose of common sense, to make sure that compliance professionals using status are able to focus on managing issues that arise, monitoring the health of their program, and proactively anticipating risks as a business partner. Curious? Contact us at blueumbrella.com for a quick demo.
1: So the Justice Department has a long history in highly contentious cases, monopolization cases, Uh, going back that that, uh, this new case against Google comes in sort of a historical moment. Um, But let's go back. They, in the 70s and 80s, and they turn into political hot potatoes, we had the IBM monopolization case and the monopolization case against at and which resulted in the uh, breakup of at and as a monopoly. Uh, they were charged with monopolization. But perhaps the more relevant and most significant monopolization case in the department's history is the Microsoft case in the late 1990s, uh, which went to trial and the Justice Department won at the trial court level, and one on appeal. And that, uh, that case uh, stands as a precursor to this case, which just got filed by the antitrust division against Google. And uh, there's a little bit of a, already there's a political backdrop to the case, just as there was in other cases, uh, because this case was supposedly hurried at the filing, uh, at the behest of the Attorney General, uh, Bill Barr. And uh, it reflected DOJ's growing antipathy, uh, and, and some would suggest politically-based uh, antipathy against high-tech businesses. So DOJ's new case against Google uh, joins a long list of high-profile uh, monopolization cases. And uh, this is probably the most significant enforcement action uh, against big technology companies since uh, the department's a case against Microsoft in the late 90s, 1990s. So the case itself was assigned to District Judge Amit Mehta, who was nominated to the bench by President Obama. Uh, Judge Mehta has already handled a high-profile antitrust case before, and in that case issued an injunction blocking the proposed merger between the two largest food distributors, Cisco Corporation and U.S. Foods. Uh, Judge Met uh, has set a status conference for November 18th, 2020. Now, DOJ's complaint alleges violation of Section 2 of the Sherman Act by unlawfully maintaining monopolies in the markets for Internet searches and search advertising. And as set out in the complaint, DOJ contends that Google accounts for roughly 90% of all search queries in the U.S., Now, keep in mind, that's a free product. In other words, we all use Google and we download the software and use Chrome or whatever, and we do searches for free. But the argument is that they've leveraged that control of the search market to maintain and extend its monopolies into search advertising. Under Section 2 of the Sherman Act, not all exclusionary conduct by a monopolist is unlawful. Assuming that the government can establish that a company maintains monopoly power in a relevant product and geographic market, a court must determine if the anti-competitive effects outweigh the pro-competitive effects. So at the heart of the Justice Department's case, the government claims that Google has used a series of exclusionary agreements to control the primary means by which users access search engines. These tactics include requirements that Google distributors, and by distributors I mean mobile phone manufacturers which have Google search functions on them, mobile carriers which offer uh, on their phones uh, Google search, uh, web developers, and computers, computer manufacturers, and that they include Google as a preset default search engine. These agreements prohibit the distributors from dealing with Google search engine competitors. Some agreements even require Android devices, which is a separate issue because Android is controlled and is an open source uh, operating system, which is owned by Google. Uh, but anyways, those people that use Android uh, devices or manufacture them and distribu- or distribute them have to include a non-deletable Google search application and a prominent display of the Google application on the device's home screen. So DOJ's complaint alleges similar antitrust violations, almost analogous to those raised over 20 years ago in the monopolization suit against Microsoft. As in the Microsoft case, DOJ is claiming that a high-tech company was using anti-competitive agreements to require pre-installed default status and preventing deletion of the Google application in order to foreclose competitive alternatives. So as set forth in the claim, DOJ uh, lists uh, a variety of exclusionary agreements, e- including entering into excluding, exclusive agreements that prevent pre-installation of competing such search services, entering into tying arrangements that force pre-installation of its search application in prime locations on mobile devices and then making them undeletable, entering into long-term agreements with Apple which controls about 30% of the market in terms of uh, mobile phones uh, that require, I'm sorry, 60%, I believe, that require Google be set as the de facto exclusive search engine on Apple's Safari browser and other Apple search tools, and then using Monopoly profits to purchase preferential treatment for its search engine on devices, web browsers, and other search access points. DOJ alleges that Google's anti-competitive conduct has harmed consumers by foreclosing competition in the search market by restricting access to distributors, precluding operations of scale. And that's a big point to this. In other words, that a browser, a a competitive browser can't reach the scale in terms of size and files and uh, uh, consumer use uh, that makes it worthwhile. Uh, to sort of match Google in its size and proficiency and eliminating competition, by the way, for search queries. At the core, DOJ claims that Google has reduced the quality of searches, reducing search choices and frustrating innovation. Further, DOJ alleges that reducing competition in advertising, Google has the ability to charge advertisers higher prices than it could in a competitive market. So, Let's talk about uh, monopolization and Google's monopoly. Uh, Google controls approximately 90% of the United States search engine market. Google's only competitors include Bing, DuckDuckGo, which is more of a sort of privacy, uh, private search engine, and Yahoo. From 2009 to 2019, Google increased its market share of general search services from 79 to 89% over a 10-year period. Now, in the mobile and tablet market, Google's market share in the United States is approximately 94%. In the desktop and laptop market, Google's market share in the US is approximately 82%. The relevant market, according to DOJ, does not include offline and online resources such as books, publisher websites, social media platforms, and specialized search providers such as Amazon, Expedia, or Yelp, which offer a narrow search capability. So you go on to Amazon and you search for certain products. That's a narrow uh, searching function and, and is somewhat less. Uh, they say that basically DOJ argues that's not part of the relevant product market. Uh I also wonder, though, about social media sites such as Facebook, where you hear about Facebook advertising and whether or not Facebook advertising would be considered uh, an alternative to um, uh, Google uh, search advertising. The government alleges that search advertising and general text advertising are each relevant product markets. The search advertising market includes all kinds of ads generated in response to online search queries, including general search text ads and specialized search ads. Search ads allowed advertisers to target marketing messages in real time in response to a search query by a consumer. These ads have great value to advertisers and are distinct from other types of advertising that cannot be targeted on a real time instant basis. As a result, DOJ claims there's no reasonable substitute for search advertising. Google's share of the U.S. search advertising market is over 70%. DOJ also claims that general search text advertising is a separate product market within the broad search advertising market. As explained by the Justice Department, general search text ads are sold by general search engines and typically placed just above or below the search results results on a search engine results page, which is the acronym SERP, which you'll probably hear more about, S-E-R-P, with a notation that the entry is an ad or a sponsored listing. So we've all seen that, where you have uh, entries that are ad-sponsored, and there's an indication that that is what it is. Some of these ads include an image of the product, its price, and star-based rating. In 2018, general search ads accounted for close to 85% of Google's search ad revenue. According to DOJ, for advertisers, there are no reasonable alternatives for companies that prefer to sell directly to consumers from their own websites and companies that want to protect their brand names on Google. Google's share uh, of the U.S. general search text uh, advertising market, again, is over 70%. DOJ's complaint alleges that Google is a monopolist in these relevant markets, Based on its monopolist position, DOJ contends that Google forecloses potential competition to protect its monopolies. The primary means of extending its monopoly is through these exclusionary or exclusive distributor agreements, which cover almost 60% of all U.S. search queries. Half of the remaining searches are provided through Google properties like Android operating systems, leaving only a small fraction of the market for competitors. DOJ's theory rests on the importance of Google's scale and its ability to prevent competitors from ever securing critical scale to its operations. Uh, Google has used agreements with mobile distributors to prevent competition in two significant ways. First, Google established an exclusive search engine deal with Apple for its computers, tablets, and phones. Second, Google integrated into providing free access to its Android operating systems to ensure search engine dominance in the market for cell phones using Android operating systems. To secure the deal with Apple, Google pays Apple between $8 and $12 billion each year in advertising revenue. The Apple deal covers approximately 36% of all general search queries in the United States. With respect to the Android systems, Google prevents competition through what's called an anti-forking or anti-modification agreement, pre-installation agreements, and revenue sharing agreements. The anti-forking agreements prevent development of competing operating systems, even though Android is an open source system. Pre-installation agreements ensure that Google's entire suite of search-related products is given premium placement on Android devices. For most mobile phone sellers, access to Google's suite of applications is an essential product offering on its phones. Finally, in exchange for a substantial portion of Google's search advertising revenues, Android phone sellers make Google Google the preset default general search engine. Well, that's an outline of the case, and let's talk a little bit more about the case and sort of you know, give you my take on the case as well. I mean, look, this is just the department's view of the market and the evidence. Uh, what's clear to me is that they're definitely the, the staff, I definitely put up some resistance to filing the case, claiming that they needed more time to investigate the case. The other point I would, uh, that I would make, uh, with regard to this, is that the case included 11 state attorneys general, all from Republican states. Apparently, Democrat states wanted to file a broader case against Google to include Google's activities in non-search businesses, its harvesting of personal data, and its prior acquisition of Fitbit. Uh, And there were press reports that suggested that DOJ staff was unable to complete the investigation, And uh, Attorney General Barr ordered them uh, to file the case prior to the election. Uh, And DOJ, I think, because of that, faces a significant challenge. They still have to investigate certain claims. They still have to provide, uh, you know, assemble. They may have to assemble more evidence. You know, and given the difficult burden and the uh, expected aggressive defense, uh, DoJ's case is going to require Herculean efforts uh, to get into shape for a, a knockdown, bruising uh, uh, sort of trial. So, but let's let's take a little bit. You know, there's no question that Google dominates the search engine market. No one can question that. But the question eventually boils down to whether Google's conduct as a monopolist in a market in which people don't pay any money. Resulted in consumer harm or harm uh, or com- uh, competitive harm. So, Section 2 monopolization cases require more proof than whether a specific company has a monopoly. The question boils down to whether Google engaged in exclusionary conduct and whether such conduct resulted in anti competitive harm. And courts have to weigh the pro competitive effects against any anti competitive effects. On the pro-competitive side of the equation, Google will argue that its scale is unique and it provides important benefits to consumers. And by conducting broad searches using its algorithm, uh, Google continuously improves its search analysis and its ability to predict consumer search behavior. In the end, Google has a product that it can claim that it's continually improving in its service as a result of a unique scale of operations. That in itself is not necessarily anti-competitive. If anything, you can make the argument that it's pro-competitive. On the other side of the ledger, however, DOJ has to establish that Google's scale was acquired impermissibly by exclusionary conduct, not, uh, let's say, legitimate activity. Uh, But more importantly, that Google's monopoly has been leveraged to cause higher prices and or reduce supply of internet search advertising. In the general search market, DOJ claims that Google's monopoly prevents consumers from securing also increased privacy protections against sale and use of the personal data because we as consumers have no alternative. And there were analogous uh, arguments that were made here in uh, the Microsoft case and we have to think about that because Microsoft, as if you remember that case, imposed on original equipment manufacturers a requirement for them to pre-install on their computers Microsoft's browser along with Microsoft's Windows operating system. And the Microsoft court ultimately ruled that consumers rarely change the pre-installed browsers to a competing browser. In the Google case, DOJ is making a similar argument that consumers rarely change default browser settings on their cell phones, tablets, or computers. So there is this theoretical challenge that Google searches are free to consumers, and Google does not charge for its browsers. But, And uh, I suspect uh, that Google is going to make the argument that consumers are more sophisticated than tech uh, consumers were when dealing with Microsoft. Consumers may use Google and decline to use alternatives because they simply like the service. Uh, like I said, you're, the more you use Google, the better the, ser- the, better the service gets. And uh, it has a larger uh, database for that reason and access to web pages uh, for that reason as well. So consumers' decision to stick with Google may not reflect the power of a default setting, but a conscious choice by consumers in favor of a more popular search product. And assuming that DOJ carries its burden and wins the case against Google – I have a big question, which is what will the remedy be? DOJ is not inclined these days to impose behavioral restrictions on on a monopolist and then have to police the monopolist and then seek enforcement actions and uh, all the burdens that come with sort of uh, doing a sort of, uh, you know, affirmative policing action with behavioral restrictions. To the contrary, DOJ prefers a structural solution. If DOJ decides to pursue such a structural remedy, many have suggested, well, why not require Google to sell its free browser service to somebody else while retaining its advertising operations and limit the provider of free browser services uh, in terms of its uh, activities? Well, that's all well and good, but the problem is uh, how will the, if you don't make money from a free browser service, how are you going to invest in it and how are you going to improve it and make, uh, you know, uh, take the time to do that? So I'm not sure policymakers and politicians are going to favor such a remedy, but it's hard to come up with a good alternative. If DOJ decides to seek behavioral remedies, DOJ could find itself injected into reviewing and enforcing Prohibitions on distribution contracts and find itself back in the regulatory business, which was one of the criticisms that was leveled against it uh, when it got involved with the AT and T breakup and the continued regulation by the supervising judge at that time of the telecom industry. So that's uh, that's an outline of the Google case. Really interesting case. I think uh, we'll try to follow it and uh, and keep you up to date with it. It you know it could always settle. Uh, but I tend to doubt that. I think Google is going to take a pretty aggressive stance in fighting this case. So should be interesting as uh, we watch the developments going on in the district court here in uh, the District of Columbia. Anyways, thanks for attending today and uh, listening today. And stay healthy, stay safe, and stay in touch.
2: Thanks again for listening to Corruption Crime and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, M Volkov at volkovlaw.com
0: in she said I'll give you shelter from the storm I was burned out from exhaustion, buried in the hail, poisoned in the bushes and blown out on the trail. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm Now there's a wall between us, something that's been lost I took too much for granted, I got my signals crossed Just between till it all began on a non-eventful morn Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm The deputy walks on hard nails And the preacher rides a mount But nothing really matters much It's doom alone that counts And the one-eyed undertaker He blows a feudal horn Come in, she said I'll give you shelter from the storm I've heard newborn babies wailing Like a mourning dove an old man with broken teeth stranded without love. Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. In a little hilltop village, they gambled for my clothes. I bargained for salvation and she gave me a lethal dose. I offered up my innocence, I have got repaid with scorn Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm well, I'm living in a foreign country, but I'm bound to cross the line Beauty walks a razor's edge, someday I'll make it mine If I could only turn back the clock to a god and her were born She said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm